Welcome to Force Talk. This is the true story of some strangers who worked at a camp at one point, and now we're doing a podcast together where we talk about anything and everything. The intro is clearly still in work. I'm Eric. And this is Rockford Elementary Class of 06, Valedictorian. Morgan, happy Morgan Monday. Oh, my oh God. We are we a little bit different vibes for this podcast. We're recording on like a Monday night. Not as usual as our most recent Tuesday early night kind of vibe. So a little bit different vibes. It is, in fact, Morgan Monday, which I don't even know if we need to really get into that nonsense today. Yeah, um, it's when you send donations to either my Venmo, which is Caramel with five L's, or you could do my cash app, which is the money sign. It's Morgan, but it has three M's and then two or three N's too. So it's like Morgan. No, it wouldn't be. The M and the N is the sound that'd be long. So it wouldn't be the or or the N sound. Morgan. Uh, you're no. Just, it's not how phonics works. I just feel like if you wanted people to send you money, having a way easier username would definitely be a benefit to you. It's literally Morgan with three M's and three N's. Yeah, that's I just too confusing. To that's that definitely difficult. Yeah. Okay, maybe for you simpletons. Oh, got it. We're not the ones broke asking for money every Monday. <laughs> Any pre-first topic topics anybody have? Um, Today being the last day of Black History Month, I will still be accepting donations. That's all. Uh, Morgan, do you have anything? No, I do have actually... I was on Tinder today. Do you guys know anyone or have you ever paid for a tinder premium like I oh absolutely me and eli had it in our prime really why mm. why um it gave you the benefit of like already seeing who matched you um you can get dummy matches that way and for a guy it's way easier for a girl it's way easier to get matches on a platform like tinder um so it was nice to see who matched you beforehand and there was one more thing. You can see who matched you. Could you get more more likes? Oh, yeah. Regular Tinder um, limited how many likes you can give out a day. That one does it. And I think that lets you uh, pick any location. Mm. So, like, if you're going somewhere, you can, you know, get up in that joint beforehand. How much are you paying for that? I think for at the time program? it was, like, a one-time $4.99 a month. Wait, that wouldn't be one time. I think it was $4.99 a month. Like, <laughs> one time, four ninety nine every month. I said, I was like, wait a second. I think it was like a reoccurring four ninety nine a month. Wow, Ezra, that's a new low for you. Um, I don't think it was a low because um, is that how Eli found his baby mama? Uh, uh, Jesus Christ, that's the mother dude. of his child. That is so disrespectful. What are you doing out here? Yo, Morgan came back from a date and feeling extra toxic today. It seems she was not on no date. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I was at work. Um, quick pre-topic topic. Um, we're, we we currently have a beef with Indeed, right? That's who it is? Oh, yeah, fuck Indeed. Yeah. We're not going to get into it further, but Indeed is dead to us. If you're looking for a job, go to LinkedIn. Fucking Mo- is Monsters.com. Is that still a thing? Is that a thing? I don't know. I think I, like it I saw is. commercials. Yeah. Just anywhere besides Indeed. We're, we're currently major beef with Indeed until further notice. Might be a lawsuit pending, but we'll get on that on another day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, other pre first topic topic Mardi Gras this weekend out in St. Louis crazy time. Um, you know I I had talked about drinking all day. You know I probably got to this friend's house around ten thirty. There was talk about starting drinking at eight a.m. People were definitely drinking at eight a.m. By the time I got there, many of people were shit faced and. Well, you can't drink all day lives. if you don't start in the morning. That is very accurate. I'll say Mardi Gras was probably one of those things where I'm glad I did it. If I never did it again, I wouldn't be sad about it. Yeah, it's probably one of those like once in a lifetime. It's definitely an experience, and then you probably can just leave it there. I will say, Ezra texted me around like six thirty that night, and me and uh, Anna had left like a bar, and we like scootered back to like our neighborhood. And when I looked at my phone and saw it was seven p.m., and I thought it was at least eleven, I was down bad in that moment. That's the best feeling. My friend went to um, New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and you could just tell by her story when she got like fucked up, and by like 3 p.m., she just did not post anymore. 
All right. Um, I do have, I do have a listener suggested topic this week. If you were on Pornhub and you saw your kid on there, do you say something to them? Um, and like, if you don't say something to them, do you say something to like your significant other, like your friends? Like, what do you do in that situation? No, I don't think you'd ever say anything about it. You probably close the tab. Maybe you go to a whole new site and just pretend it never happened. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, you have to go to like X videos at that point. You don't tell your sniffing other that you saw your kid on there? No, that's only going to hurt them. And it's like also what kind of porn were you looking at? What if it was just like the homepage? You weren't even like you had just popped it open. Your, your, you know, your daughter, your kid, whatever is front page on there. That's kind of cool. You made it front page. So that's that's definitely a take it to the grave kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Just like take it to the grave. Yeah, for sure. I would not tell so. I might, t- uh, I don't know. Might tell husband, might tell my very, very best friend in secrecy, but I would never bring it up to my kid. Unless, you know, they were underage, then we'd have a problem. Mm, you know, that's a fair, that's a fair point. If they were underage, that would be, that. that's discussion worthy. Follow up to that question though. Is it better or worse if that person, like your kid, is an amateur with only a couple of videos out there, or they were like a full fledged porn star and you had no idea? Um, at that rate, they're already doing porn. It's already on the internet. I'd I'd rather them be a full fledged porn star because then they're at least making money for exposing themselves. They got a couple of videos. They done done all the exposing of themselves, and they probably don't really got no bread to show for it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. All right, last caveat to this question, and it's just even more porn related. Is there a type of porn that if you're a significant other watch that there would be like a problem or like a deal breaker situation where you're like, what are you doing? Besides, yeah. I'll put a caveat besides like kitty porn. Yes. Um, the only other one that I've ever been like, yep, can't do is, as you just mentioned, kid or teen even though those girls and teen are like 25-year-olds still, it's weird if you're watching teen as a grown man, grown woman, you probably a pedophile, like our pedophile tendencies, or you guessed it, any rape play CNC. Because you've got rapist tendencies and I can't be around you. Did you say CNC? Yeah. What's that? That's what they're calling like this rape play now. And it's like, I only know that's consensual, and non-consensual. Yeah, I only know it because of Diana. What about you, Morgan? If you walked in. What if your girlfriend, though, is watching, like, CNT porn? Yeah, that's weird, because she probably got some weird trauma because um, something happened, or she got a weird fantasy about being raped. And either of those two things, I'm sorry, gonna get you booty from my house. (laughs) But, like, okay, what if it was, like, brutal, hardcore gangbang? Hey, if that's your fantasy and that's what you're into, go crazy. Because that kind of gives, like, rape-ish... Like, do it. When you said gang, I was just thinking like a train. Are we saying like train adjacent? Or are we saying like tied no, down, she's saying like the girls gagged and like crying? The- then no, that's like rape. That's a rape scene. You typed in brutal hardcore gangbang, and that's what came up. Yeah, no, nah, that's you. You watching rape? So yeah, you got to get out my house. <laughs> What about you, Morgan? What if if you walked in and saw your significant other watching? Like, what what would be the deal breaker? Um, you know, obviously the illegal things. Probably like shitting or like peeing. That's cap. For the right amount of money, you would let a nigga pee on you. Stop it. No, no. no but I would definitely do the brutal hardcore gangbang. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I would rather my man be watching that than like him, like shitting. Or, like, someone shitting on someone else. Like, that's gross. I don't know. Give me the shit before someone's talking about getting gang raped. (laughs) Um, You put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One is is demoralizing. The other one is dehumanizing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would it make any difference to you? If it was your man and he was only ever watching white woman porn, like you looked up the history and it was three years of white women. Jesus. Oh, can I say something? Yeah. 
Okay, so my psycho ex, like, he would always go through my my phone. And one of, like, he looked at my porn history, and it was all, like, BBC gangbang or, like, oh, no. deep throat. And he was, like, the only white guy I ever dated. And he was crushed, like, he was like, why are you like this is the only thing you like blah blah it made him super insecure um that's a tough look yeah that is rough for him (laughs) you know like you like what you like but i guess i would have an issue if the girls that he was looking at looked nothing like me like big ass big titties that was it because i don't have an ass or titty but i mean it's a man thing so i don't know that three years like of just the complete opposite person of who you are, you 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 would definitely be questioning like, why are you even with me if I'm not your type? Facts. <laughs> but I know a couple of girls who uh they have like a specific type, and then you look at their dating history, and they've dated nothing close to it. And I'm like, are you sure that you actually like this kind of person? Might be a whole different discussion there, though. Yeah, that one might be different topic. Different topic. Would your parents take a bullet for you? And then would you take a bullet for your kids? Parents take a bullet for me. Um, I think I can gracefully say no. I'm a grown man. It's not that my parents don't love me. They do. I'm a grown man. My parents are in their 70s. I got old parents. Um, although the argument of they've lived their life is a fair argument. I don't <laughs> I think that's, it. I don't think that's an argument they're pitching on why they should take a bullet for me. As well as um, I'm a grown man. So if I was in any scenario where I was getting shot at, they probably have more questions as like, why are you being shot at? Maybe you're just in the wrong part as of the As far world. as my kids? No, that's, you know, that's just rough. Um, as far as my kids, I don't have kids. It's hard to speak on. I could say, yeah, I would, but that'd just be like, cap. Probably not. I think there are very few people in the actual world who would take a bullet for anybody. I could see you taking a bullet for your kids. Maybe. I feel like you're going to be a soft. If I got kids, maybe. But it depends. Like I said, I got a ranking. Like, it depends on what kid it is and how much I like you. Because I might not like all of my kids, honestly. That's fair. Maybe the... I feel like if it, if you only had one or, like, the first one and they were in danger, like, you would, you would take a little shot for them. Yeah, if it's yeah. that middle child, they're done. I think my parents maybe at one point would have taken a bullet from me. I don't really even talk to them enough at this point, so I could see if they were like, we're going to pass on that one, big dog. <laughs> that one makes sense because, oof. I, y- here's the thing. I would really, I would really love to believe I would take a bullet for my kids, but I really enjoy life and have a fear of death, so I just don't know if those two align. <laughs> Enough to me take a bullet for my kids, unfortunately. If they hear this when they're older, hey, you made it, so you didn't need me to take one. So there we go. We're all good. Um, I feel like I would definitely take a bullet for my kids. As far as my parents, probably back in the day, 100%, they would have. But now since I'm probably like the biggest shithead of all the kids now, probably not. But who's to say? What makes you think, like, what makes you so confident that you would take a bullet for your kids? I would take a bullet for my cat. That is cat. No, I'm telling you right no. now. I will pull up to your apartment, put the gun to the cat's head. <laughs> I guarantee you, you will not move it and put your head there. I guess we'll never know. All right, let's talk about urban highway removal. Ezra, you had some, you got a lot Ooh. of thoughts about this. Yep, yep, yep. Damn, I didn't know that was going to make it so soon. Don't worry. For those of you who do not know what urban highway removal is, urban highway removal is um pretty much the urban areas that highway, they're removing highways. That's step one. We're going back and deconstructing highways that are in areas that were of high urban or impoverished demographic areas. The reason for that is They're claiming, not claiming, studies have been finding that a lot of these highways that they put in like decades ago went through like hearts of like some smaller cities, downtowns, or like it ran through like the neighborhoods of like the black or the Latino communities because they didn't really care. They were going to buy out the land very cheap and by buyout it was more of a takeout and they were going to chalk it up to, well, 
we need highways to get there. The problem with that is it first off displaced a lot of minorities for one. Two, after the displacement of a lot, it also took away a lot of business. And three, a lot of these like urban highways now are like fat ass three, four lane highways that lead or like connect to big cities, but these small cities they run through never became anything. So now they're trying to like start to deconstruct the highways and take back the block pretty much. And I just thought it was interesting because like when I saw that pop up, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. And when I saw it pop up, I never really thought like niggas could de- I knew you like you can take down anything, but I didn't really think like nobody was going to go out their way to like deconstruct the highway. And there have been like a lot of cities and a lot of states all over America, like petitioning to get like highways taken out to better their towns or shit like that for whatever reasons. Cause like, they're like, we don't have enough car traffic coming through here. We could do better things with all this space. If there wasn't a fucking six lane highway here, a lot of towns are trying to like deconstruct these highways. And I was just like very low key shocked about it. And I was kind of like, damn, another time where minorities lost. They took from the minority neighborhoods and the minority townships and put fat ass highways through them. So my question is like, is there a success rate currently of this happening? Like, is it working out for these communities? I think there's one specific one I had seen where one person like got like, uh, I think there was one city that got approved for the deconstruction. Let me look. Let me look. Because my thought process would be like, this This sounds like a great idea on paper. But my question would be like, if this, like, are there going to be alternate routes or are there already established routes and they're just going to be pushing more traffic on these already established routes and kind of get rid of, or get rid of these kind of off way highways, I guess is the way to put they're all, it. They're like back routes and whatnot. And they're going to use the back routes to like get to intercept to like the main interstates and highways. Cause the highway, like through their towns and shit weren't like using enough. So it's going to have to be like areas where there's like a hundred miles of highway and there's like nothing going on in those areas. I know in Pennsylvania, that's like heavy. If you go to Virginia and go to like the Southwest portion there's nothing fucking out there, but there's like two massive highways between 64 and I-95 that still runs through them. And there's like nothing for like hundreds of miles. Like, it's like, what the fuck going on out here? Um, it's saying like the Google definition or like whatever from their main page was the freeway removal is a public policy for urban planning. And they're going to create urban parks, residentials, commercial lands and businesses. So they're saying that like, in order for urban planning and urban policy to move forward in order for the betterment of like the urban community, we got to get these highways out of here because the highways are taking away more than they're like bringing to us. Like they have no benefit of this fat ass highway running through there. Like maybe a gas station gets stopped at every once in a while, but that's like it. I have a, it's, it's a little bit of a side thought, but how many times have you heard like in cities that you've lived in, where they're like, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And it's always going to be, we're going to put a park up and do this. And then like, it it eventually, after years upon years, comes to fruition. And it's just like, eh, this is okay, I guess. Like, they just hype it up so much. And then the follow-through is just kind of like dog shit, if we're being honest. No, that definitely happens. Sometimes the um, a lot of that infrastructure shit kind of be bullshit. Because it takes way too long for that shit to go go through and then you change like political leaders whether it's governor or mayor and then they just like get rid of that bill or they amend it and this park you were supposed to get two years ago don't ever come there's a area in excuse me there's a part of a boston's big highway well it's called it's not necessarily boston it's called kennedy greenway that they deconstructed in 2003 it went up in 1940 and was up to 1989, 61 miles of highway that they took rid of or got rid of. And it's saying that since then, it's brought in $2.3 billion of revenue in 19 years to this 63-mile strip because they were able to put business and residentials up there. So that was more profit than the freeway was ever bringing them. 
All right. So at least we got a little a little proof of what's going on. I can see like twofold. I think, you know, with the way the world's going, sure, we can definitely add more parks. But also we got a lot of people here who need a lot of space to go to. So if we can establish new places and new economic growth, like I don't see how that can be a bad thing, especially like you said, highways. After all the driving we did this past like winter, going home to see everybody and all that, like Listen, there's a lot of small towns and it's just a lot of strips and gas stations and then back on the road kind of vibes. In there's another example in Milwaukee. They replaced 0.8 miles of a freeway merging bridge, just took it down and I guess they removed the merge and you merge elsewhere. They replaced 0.8 miles of that, came up with a new design, removing it cost $25 million dollars. And it has in the last 24 months that one area's development has generated more than one billion dollars just for the plot for that land. So I think it makes sense. I didn't really think grand scheme you could deconstruct the freeway or highways, like I said. I think it makes sense. I like that it's supposed to be urban, so giving back to the urban community. I know it's cap. It, they're not gonna do anything that has to do for the minorities. This is just going to give them more reason to gentrify that area. The bidding's probably going to go to like white business owners or white construction neighborhoods. Um, what I think is long term going to happen, they're going to break this down. They're going to make some money. They'll put their little parks or their commercial shit there. Then in 20 years, they're going to sell it and build the highway back. <laughs> you think it's just going to be a vicious cycle of take it down, community, take it down, build it back up? I think it will because I don't see a slowing down at all. So if we're not going to slow down, like infrastructure wise, industrial, we're getting more and more like advanced. I don't got us ever not needing more highways, which is my only issue with like deconstruct the freeways. I mean, I remember when I was driving through that dog shit city of land and I was like, this fucking place is goddamn more lanes. Or the roads are terrible. I'm like, listen, we need to start taking down more stuff. There's there's just too much going on. Like, just just get rid of more stuff so I can have more lanes so I'm not sitting in fucking traffic like this. Yeah, they might have to put more lanes. That's the problem, though. Some of these areas are going to get these highways taken out, and then other areas we're going to put more highway down. So we're still going to break even. I'm trying to, like, read about this. And apparently, like, in Atlanta people aren't happy about it just because we already have so much traffic and if they just start reconstructing everything people are are going to be pissed and it kind of messes up like the whole city layout there have been big complaints there's a movement for it i think it works in the right area i don't think it'll work in the big cities and mm-hmm. kind of like you said it'll fuck up the city grid and the travel if we yeah. start taking away lanes Places like Atlanta, Boston, fucking any real big city, they probably already need more lanes for traffic flow. So if we start taking away or like even like taking sections of the highway that are farther down away, we're going to put more people on this part of the highway, which is only going to increase traffic. No, we, we it definitely needs to be more small city focused that they were like, well, we'll have a small city here and we're going to put a highway through it so people have to go there. We need something like that where it just completely failed and now it's a small town with huge lanes for no reason. Yeah, and they're like spending apparently $15 billion to do this in Atlanta. Makes you wonder, like, y'all got all this infrastructure money? But they'll make it back. In Atlanta, they'll make that shit back quick. They'll throw tolls on that bitch. For sure. We'll pay tolls out the ass. There are like no tolls in Georgia. No, there truly isn't. But that, with a fifteen billion infrastructure bill, y'all gonna find some tolls in the next few years. Now nah, they'll just raise taxes and fuck you. Now nah, fuck that. Fuck that. Keep the. I'm anti toll, but I would keep the tolls. I would keep the taxes where they are for tolls any day. Because at least with the tolls, everybody got to pay it. So if you're even traveling through it, like you got to pay the toll. Taxes are only going to expect the like residents in that zip code or maybe worst case scenario, that part of the state. But now we're paying taxes to build this highway that everybody traveling. I don't like that. You know, I can get behind that. I would much rather 
especially if I was living in Atlanta, I'd much rather it be if I use it, I pay for it compared to me just automatically paying for it. And in the whole state of Georgia, unless you're doing like a city taxes, but that's a whole different ball game. City taxes are so fucking stupid. Let's talk about this real quick. I was uh, thinking about this the other day. What are some things that when you were a kid, you experienced at like someone else's house or how they were living where you were like, these motherfuckers got to be rich. Like the kids who were eating Lunchables every day or someone told me like if someone had like an ice machine with like the little water thing sticking out of the fridge, fucking rich, like that kind of stuff. (laughs) How bad was that person living? (laughs) Listen, man, you know, some people got them, them fridges that are just an actual fridge. Nah, no cap. <laughs> Fucking flat screen TV. You were rich at one point. I feel like Lunchables when you were really little, like my parents were not buying those for on a fucking regular basis. So if you had someone who was eating them on a regular, you're like, nah, you're built different. You got some money over there. I never grew up thinking that way, to be honest. Sounds like you were rich. It's fine. I get it. Here's the problem. And I hate to say this. I feel like most of Northern Virginia is well off. So it's hard to like then think like, eh, I don't think any like I don't think anybody I actually went to school with was like from a family of broke boys because it's just kind of an affluent area. Yeah, I feel like all my friends lived in very large houses. Um, and then like when it came to everyone getting their first car, like some people got brand new cars, but we also lived out in the country. So it wasn't like weird for someone to have like a used Jeep or like a truck. It was just normal. You know what? That might be it. First cars might've been the thing that like showed me who really had like outrageous money. Because I know people who got like Corvettes for their 16th birthday and shit. That's crazy. And I was like, there's no way. The insurance on that alone for a fucking like 16 year old. Oh, oh shit. You know what else? Fucking one of my boys had an in-home gym and I pulled up there and I was like, yeah, nah, you're living good. And it was like a full in-home gym. Yeah, I did date this one boy whose dad was in the NFL. And when I went over to their mansion, like I went to their basement and they had an at-home gym. They had in the common area, just like a bunch of nice couches, a bunch of TVs. They had like a whole bar, a popcorn set, and then they had their own movie theater. Like, that was the only time my mind was blown. I mean, everything you described there, if I walked into someone's basement, I would have been like, yeah, you're living different than everybody else is, for sure. I always thought, I thought a pool, like, if you had a nice pool, I didn't know a lot of people with pools growing up, so that was definitely something. It, it was just something of, like, a. I don't even know if I would consider it rich, but I was like, damn, I don't have that shit. Like, you're living Didn't nice. you grow up in Delaware? I did. I agree. No cap. Um, If I pulled up on somebody's house and they had a nice pool, I was like, damn, y'all living good. Mm-hmm. That was probably more just because I didn't have a pool. Yeah, you're not much of a swimmer, though. No, not at all. But <laughs> I still relax in that pool, boy. No, I agree. The first car, like, if you got just a brand new first car, I feel like that just says something about you. Like, on a, you're on a different level. Yeah. Do we buy into, like... That is them being spoiled. Are we like shaming them, I guess, for being spoiled? I think it would depend on how you reacted to the car. Like, you remember like on Sweet 16, if like the parents didn't get them the exact car that they wanted, like my Super Sweet 16, like they would freak out. Like if you acted like that, you're an asshole and you're spoiled. I've got no problem with you getting like nice things or whatever. But I do think you've got to like, kind of like you said, you've got to like appreciate it. Like, you can't be one of those people who, like, your parents get you, like, a nice new car, and then you slam it, ruin it, and, like, a year later, you got a new a newer car because you treated your last one like shit. Because then I'm like, damn, that nigga's spoiled. But, yeah. like, if you, like, get nice shit and appreciate it, I don't think I care. We had this one guy at our high school. He got a, a brand new Jeep Compass um, for his, 
I don't know, first car. And then literally within the same week, he crashed it into our brick wall sign for our high school. And not even like a week later, he had a brand new car. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I feel like you're just enabling your kids. Like, there's just got to be a level of like, if you... If I get you a nice car and you crash it, destroy it, I'm going to have to put you in like a piece of garbage because you can't be trusted after that. Absolutely can't be trusted. And like you you crash into a school sign. Like how pathetic. Yeah, there's there's no real coming back from that one. That's a tough look to get past. Almost makes me wonder how this nigga got a license. But I've been in the car with some niggas that I know should not have license. When I did behind the wheel in high school, two two things let me know that some niggas don't deserve a license. First, dude, how it worked for us is you'd have to drive to the next person's location and pick them up. And then you do your little task for the day. And then you all switch and they drive and they drop you off. And then they, yeah, whatever. Um, my first day was highway and parallel parking. But he knew I was a real nigga who could drive. Um, the dude I go to pick up, get in the car, and he asked Pete from Blue and Gray. That's our one free ad. He asked Pete, he said, which one to break, which one to gas? I said, mm. do not let this nigga drive the car, bro. Um, didn't deserve a license, but I'm going to tell you what happened. He was the worst driver. He was the worst driver I ever met in my fucking life. He was a lame, too. On our last day, on day five, Pete gave him a license. And he told this nigga, I would just get some practice first. Don't go driving by yourself. The very next day, I seen this nigga whipping on his own, and I said, you know what? This nigga Pete might need his shit revoked because you can't give a 16-year-old a license and then tell him don't drive. That was never going to happen. Do you guys have, like, the restricted ones where, like, I know a lot of people, there was one uh, teacher at our high school who did it who was, like, notorious of, like, yeah, you're not passing this initial one. You got to come back in, like, three months or something. I don't think we had that. I know we had the... I know a lot of people had to go to, like, court to get their license. You don't have to do... We didn't have to do that in Virginia. Like, long as you pass your behind the wheel, they could, like, write you a license and it could get mailed to you. A lot of people took the going to court option because they wanted to take that pick, which was, like, lame-ass shit. Just mail me my shit. But I don't think we had, like, any restrictions outside of, like, you can't drive after, like, midnight unless you got a job or some shit. Um, just to clarify, when you mean go to court, what the fuck does that mean? Do you mean the DMV? No, like you have two options in Virginia. Like you can go to behind a wheel and like they'll fucking write you like he'll give you a paper license and then your shit will come in the mail like a week later from your behind the wheel jump. Or you can wait it out, do your behind the wheel and then you'll go to court and like the court will like you'll have a little hearing. It's not even like a real hearing. And they'll like give you your license at the court, and then you get to take that little flick in the courtroom with your driver's license. Like that was a big like clout move back in the day. I Hold have never heard of anyone doing that. You didn't know the niggas who went to court to get their license? No, we all went to Mrs. Fuquay. Um, what huh? is that? <laughs> she was a private driver's instructor, and oh. basically she just gave everyone the sign off. Like, we all, like, we would tell our parents about her. They would pay them or pay her the money. And, like, we'd do our little week with her. And then we all had licenses. My joint was also private, not through the school. I will say that's kind of, like, the craziest concept to me. Because looking back at it as an adult, I don't think I let my kid go about it that way. Unless I've, like, been in the car with him a lot and driven with him. Because as long as you pay these niggas enough money, they're going to give your kids a license, whether they know how to drive or not. They were spending five days, like 30 minutes at a time with you. And if you did that five days, 30 minutes, guaranteed you was going to get a license at the end of this. Yeah, and she was crazy. Like, she gave me her phone one time. I I forget what the reasoning was, but her and the other girl um, I was with had to, like, go inside of like the gas station and I could see one of like the senior um, guys who went to my school texting her and was like, Hey, so are we still on for Taco Bell later? Huh? What? No, that was the move. Yeah. But you should have seen Mrs. Fuquay. 
She was large and in charge. No, I don't know if it was like a like a date. I don't know if that was a date, but I'll tell you now. I made it so I had my shit in the morning because Pete would like let you stop and get breakfast or some shit, and it would be on him. He'd be like, "Nah, your parents pay me enough. Like, pull up to the Chick Fil A." No, so, they like, they were talking babe and stuff. Oh, oh no, he was about no, to. No. Yeah, he was about to get some some of that gato. Oh, I'm learning. And why I'm you want to stay in the car so you could have joined that? <laughs> no, because one, the guy was not cute, and two, ill. I've learned. I've learned way too much about Virginia's driving. Uh, <laughs> the court thing is the craziest thing to me, though. I'm who like what? What is this movement? If we need to get our license I, and take a picture in the courtroom, I can't believe y'all didn't know that. Like so many niggas did. Like that was like the biggest clout grab ever. Like niggas would like just go to the court and. Like you in do behind the wheel. You in the same area, dummy. <laughs> she just wasn't in tone. Nobody talked to her. She didn't have friends. That's probably what it was. Yeah, I was just such a loser in high school. I believe it. I can't believe people went to the court. That just sounds like a waste of time and money. Well, my, it it was. Money, a waste of time. It was it's definitely a waste of the court's time. Uh, let's get into like one more topic real quick. I feel like I can't remember before if we've ever talked about this before, but like we're just gonna do it anyway. What is the biggest pivot you ever had to make in life? Was it good or was it bad? Mm, God, that was good. You know, I know I came up with that one for sure. Shout out to Pivot Podcast, no free ads. Biggest pivot probably would have been once I left uh, West Virginia, once I left the D2 out that jump. Um, I came back home for about a year, back to the burg. You know, the only thing to do when you get back home after you, like, drop out of college is to hang out with the other niggas who either dropped out or didn't leave for college. Um, So I was hanging out with some bums. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, niggas who wanted to smoke the whole day, drink at 10 a.m., sneak into the bar. Like, I was hanging out with those niggas for, like, six months straight, probably. I, I got back in January. So, no, I got back in February. So, probably at least until the summer, I was with them niggas every day. The biggest pivot was probably, like, I was chilling, talking to my mom one day, and she was just like, yeah, you know them niggas not going to do shit with life, right? (laughs) I was like, yeah. And she was like, so if they not going to do shit with life, like, you realize you're going to be an eight shit nigga, too. And I think it sunk in, and I was like, damn. So I truly like probably like cold turkey just stopped kicking it with those niggas. Like I'd see them at the bar or whatever when I went out. Maybe if I was at a party occasionally, I'd dap those niggas up. But like I really I went to community enrolled in community college, got a better summer job, was working two jobs, and I was like, yeah, um, I can't keep kicking it with these niggas all day, every day, because they're not gonna do anything and I'm about to be comfortable and content doing nothing as well. There really has to be something there to be said about like parents who just have super fucking honest conversations with you where like it just hits on a whole different level at that point. Yeah, I think I knew there were like it was a good thing. I needed it when I first got back because like I got left two colleges now in fucking six months time. Um, so I wanted to just kick it with my boys and those were my boys from high school. But there was a reason all those niggas had either like got kicked out or failed out of college already after one semester. So I probably shouldn't have been hanging with them so much. I think my mom was just trying to let me get the initial out my system. And at some point it was like, yeah, you got to stop feeling sorry for yourself and like go do something. So is, is Van still giving you a big push to graduate now? Or is she just like, you're out and uh, do whatever the fuck you're going to do? I don't think she's ever really cared because I've always had money. If I didn't have money, I think it would... I've told people this before. If I didn't have money, I think it would be a different problem. But, like, I have money. I'm self-sustainable. I've always, like, housed myself, paid for all my own shit. So I don't really think she cares. She probably wants to see me graduate, but I don't think she cares one way or another if I do or don't. I just think she wants me to be, like, comfortable in life and content. Yeah, I think we just need to get you this uh, degree so that way we can get you another a real job so you don't have to be working these nonsense uh, nonsense shops, having you working crazy hours for no reason. 
No, that's you definitely know, like true. ten years later. Am I right? <laughs> this is coming for our number one dropout. <laughs> yeah, but I dropped out and I dropped out. You've been doing it for about ten years now. That's because the schools fucking love me. <laughs> they can't get enough of him and that tuition. Facts. <laughs> I've said this before. When I decided to like not be a cop, that was a, a big turning moment. It's definitely been a positive for me. But I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to say when I moved out to St. Louis, I think that was a really big pivot. A lot of people had some doubts. Can Eric survive out in these big cities, out in the gateway to the West, You know, as they would say? Um, and I'm out here dominating it. <laughs> That's what they call St. Louis, the gateway to the West. I hate to That's hear that. But yeah, no, it's it was a good thing of like, I think being very far away from Delaware has been a big positive for me. Um, I have nothing but great things to say about that. So big, big positive vibes out on my own. New jobs, dogs, great life all overall. I think everybody's first like real move from home is a bit not counting college, but like the first time you leave home and like you're a good few hours away. I think that's everybody's like that could be anybody's good pivot moment probably. Yeah. yeah. In Jersey, I would say mine was when my parents were like we're going to move to the Hamptons in 1 month, so you have a month to find out where you're going to live. Damn. Doesn't have to be in New Jersey. Doesn't have to be anywhere, but it just can't be with us. And I was like, "Well, shit." I actually have to live on my own now. That just kind of kickstarted my whole entire life. So that kickstarted you eventually moving all the way down to Atlanta? I mean, well, yeah, because I've never minded just being on my own. Like after my parents had left New Jersey, there was no family there for me anymore. So I lived there for, you know, a little bit, tested the water and other places and then yeah, but about two years ago, I was like, might as well just move down south where it's warmer. Yeah, it all worked out. I think once you realize that you can, it can't be like you move out, but your parents live like 20 minutes down the road. Because like, eh, you moved out, but did you move out? Once you realize that you can like actually be okay on your own, you can live anywhere at that rate. For sure, because at that point, like, if I was sick or if I was down bad, it's not like I could just drive 30 minutes or my parents could drive 30 minutes to come see me and help me out. Like, you actually have to figure out how you're going to handle your shit at that point with no help. So that was a huge, huge moment. I kind of look back on it now. And, like, I think the people who... Uh, I don't want to say this because I don't want to shit on people who stay home, but like people who just never leave where they like grew up the whole time. I do think it is kind of weird a little bit. Like there's so much to experience out there to just grow up and stay in one spot the whole time, unless you just can't afford to, you know, whatever, for whatever reason you can, or you got to stay home to like take care of the farm or something, whatever. But there's so much to so much out there just to not experience it all. I agree. And I think that teaches you like more about life than anything else. Whether you like go to a few colleges, whether you like go to college out of state, whether you move out of state a few times. I think those were the situations where like you're forced to learn like other people's culture and like how other people live. Cause that's how people fall into like small town mindsets. You stay in your town or this one town forever, you're never gonna know like anything different than that, even if you're from a big city. If you're from a big city and you live in this big city your whole life, then you like settle down in that city. The only thing you really know is this city. You're not like experiencing how other people see life, how other people go about life. Yeah, I just I feel like anybody who's listening, if you just have if you've been thinking about actually like moving, like just do it. There's never going to be exactly a perfect time. There will be better times than not, but. Sometimes you just got to take that leap and just go for it. I mean, what at what point do you want to be like 60 years old in the same town and be like, damn, I wish I would have moved when I was in my 20s or 30s, you know? Because eventually you get stuck. You end up staying in a small town long enough or city long enough. 
you rekindle with somebody you went to high school with. You get uh, fucking married. They pump two kids into you. Now you've got no reason to ever leave. Yeah, like imagine still being in Delaware. <laughs> when I went back for like a week, I hated it. And I can attest, I was miserable. I wanted to get out of there so badly. That's why I don't want to go even back to Philly. Like, I think Philly might be too close. I think I just need to be in North Carolina where it's warm out. There's like six hours of separation, and it's good. Delaware? Yeah, trash. Um, but you were asked, you were so close to Philly. Well, I feel like you still had that benefit, but that would also be you'd have to like Philly, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Philly's like 45 away, which is like fine, but like I could definitely do with just not being on the Northeast. And there are people who are just content with living in the same place their entire life. But I feel like if you want your optimal growth in life, you have to definitely experience other places that aren't drivable to where you are. I agree. And even if you're content with like, living where you grew up or staying there, you can go for like a year, live somewhere else and come back for the rest of your life. You can do that. Unless you get stuck. I'm telling y'all people be getting stuck. Do not have no kids before you done travel. Do not get a significant other who only want to stay home and farm. You're stuck. You don't want to be stuck on that farm life, man. I think I agree though. I think if you are like, if you have no strings attached to you right now and you have like, an ability to travel or especially with everything becoming so much more remote now live life go travel like go live somewhere else go live abroad if you can like just do it fucking who cares dude it's better to have a story than to be stuck in fucking bumblefuck delaware for the rest of your life you know um i'm big on spending yes yeah, save some money i'll never tell you not to save money but spend some money as well i know people who've like their whole like purpose in life was to like save, 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 save. And it's like, bro, like definitely save. Definitely make sure you're comfortable. But if you're not gonna like up and move, spend a little money to travel and see different things than what you see every fucking day for the last 25 years. I think that's like probably one of our biggest like problems. I feel like this generation was told like to try to build generational wealth and to save, save, save. People harped like save your money. I don't know if there's many people who are like just spontaneously doing shit like traveling on the weekends or for a couple of days here and there for fun. No, it's uh, our generation is full of people who are telling you to make an LLC so you can start making your generational wealth. Yeah. And then people who there's like a handful of people who actually travel. And then you have a lot of people who post memes about how there's like a picture of 10 people with a passport and they're like me and my friends could never and that's what it is. That's the extent of their traveling. But, um, yeah, you know I'm anti-leaving the country. So travel in America, <laughs> fellas. I feel like you would enjoy going out of the country. Um, nice little island vacation. I wouldn't. Here's why. Some people do it. I'm not mad at it. I get it. It's just not for me. You, America is so big. You know how much America I haven't seen that I want to see? I'm going to do that before I worry about going out the country. To me, I think it'd be so much doper to be like, damn, I visited every city I ever wanted. I've really done everything I wanted to do in America. Then for me to be like, damn, I only got to visit like 15 of the places I wanted to in America. But I went to the Bahamas that one time. Get the fuck out of here. Let me let me ask you this question. This I'm not trying to sound like, like make you sound stupid. Where does Hawaii stand? That's like out like, would you travel to Hawaii or you consider that kind of like outside? Like, are well, you talking connected? Yeah, but I'm saying, are you talking more like you would only really travel connected United States or like you'd go to Hawaii? Um, Hawaii would be fair game in my like concept of visiting spots in America, but Hawaii not a place I've ever wanted to visit. Not once has it crossed my mind, like, damn, I can't wait to visit Hawaii. What Alaska, about- I do want to visit Alaska. Never been interested in visiting Hawaii. Would you ever go to Canada since it's just on the border? Never truly been interested in Canada. I would go for Toronto only to see what a Canadian city is like. But, like, I'm not really, like, that's not on my, like, want-to-go destinations. What about Mexico? We're talking about connected things now. Fuck no, I'm not going to Mexico. (laughs) What about any uh, domestic countries that are, like, territories like Puerto Rico? 
Yeah, nah, I'm not interested in like no islands. No islands interest me. Well, that's why I asked about Hawaii because I was like, yes, it's a United State, but it's an island you got to travel to. I didn't know how how yeah. pumped you would be for that. Still not it. Yeah, that don't that don't sell me. Hey, but if anybody's looking to go to Minneapolis, Ezra is your guy. Yes, sir. I don't know why people are scared about Minneapolis now. I'm surprised you haven't been. You're pretty close to it now, aren't you? To Minneapolis? Uh, I don't know if I say pretty close. Probably like eight, ten hours. It's getting late. Let's wrap this. Uh, let's wrap this podcast up and do some music and TV recommendations. Um, TV wise, a million little things just came back. So definitely that. Um, music wise. I've really been listening to no music, so I don't really have a music suggestion this week. Any books? Um, <laughs> Book-wise, just the only book I've ever shouted out. Actually, no, that's Kim. The Bible? Uh, yes, that's one of them. Um, no, nah, I don't really have a book recommendation either. Um, I'm pretty lame this week as well. Obviously, Euphoria season finale was yesterday. Pretty bummed about the ending, but whatever. The whole season was fucking fire. Um, music, I don't know. It's been the same music, I feel like, out forever. Fair enough. Uh, TV-wise, still watching Gilmore Girls. I'll finish it one of these days. No time soon, but I'll finish it one of these days. Um, Music-wise, no recommendation, so I'll just say shout out the podcast. We have a lot of good stuff come out recently. Uh, we had Ashley on uh, for her episode talking about art. I think it was a really good episode. Listen. We had Trey on for the Hangover uh, podcast recently. You're not Hangover. <laughs> Happy Hour podcast. That's <laughs> also really good. So definitely give that a listen as well. I've got a post-podcast thought. I need it now. I just need to know quickly. Are we thinking Usher is overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated? I was thinking about this today, but I, I wanted to look at his uh, discography again before I gave you a, a thought about it. We'll He's say not it. overrated. I'll let you both look at his discography and then we'll hit it. You said what more? He's definitely not overrated. Okay, no, we'll yeah, save it. We'll save it. No, we'll just for the fact that he's had like such memorable songs. We'll 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 save it for another episode. It's a cliffhanger for him. Okay. Yeah, because he was talking get, crazy. Yeah, get your get your argument in a better position. Uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap this podcast up. Thank you for listening. As always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk No A, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review on Spotify. Share the podcast with a friend. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll be back next week. Peace. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Come <laughs> on.